What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Last Take Sports Podcast. And we are continuing the series of college football predictions for the 2020 season. And we're here with the Pac-12 and the SEC, two very interesting conferences. But I just want to ask, ask you guys, quarantine has been very boring for me. So how have you guys been holding up so far? Yeah, Elliot, I've been doing good. It's just quarantining, being stuck in the home. Not not always fun, especially because it's been so long. But I hope everything starts opening up soon. And I think it's safe to say that we've all been healthy, which is great. Yeah, I agree with Andrew. I'm doing the same thing, quarantining. I want to give you guys a quick notice, though. Once, hopefully, once we're all able to do, or when social distancing quarantines technically over when restrictions are lifted here where we are we're hopefully going to be able to start doing podcasts together and the audio should be much better than when we're than what we are at right now and another thing i want to mention is tomorrow when most of you guys are probably listening to this is elliot's birthday so if you can please give a big happy birthday to elliot foreman Yes, tomorrow, May 16th, is my birthday. I'm very excited. And hopefully we can get have a little get-together between the three of us, obviously staying six feet apart or even more. But um, before we get started, you guys saw that Talia Tagovailoa did transfer to Maryland, and that's going to shake some things up in the Big Ten. And I, I actually predicted this, and you guys disagreed with me, so I just wanted to hear your, your intel. Yeah, I was, I was very against what Elliot said at first when he first said going to Maryland. But then I thought about it a little more and I didn't really, I didn't really, I still didn't really understand why, but then I thought like he was recruited by the offensive coordinator who's now the offensive coordinator at Maryland. And it kind of makes sense that he wants to play for a guy who, who did most of the recruiting of him. And I think it makes a lot of sense for him in that, in that aspect. But I did believe he was going to go to Miami or Hawaii because of the fact that Hawaii is his home state and Miami is where his brother lives. But in all, I think it, it makes sense. Although there is another, a new, another quarterback that he could be competing with playing time because he has to sit out, which is uh, the number one quarterback in the 2021 class, Caleb Williams, who Maryland is in. I'm not sure if he's come out with a list, but I know he's being very heavily recruited by Maryland. Yeah, Maryland's definitely in the race for him. But I was honestly very shocked uh, by Talia's commitment and transfer to Maryland. But honestly, it makes a lot of sense when you think about it. He's going to get a lot of uh, playing time, most likely. And also, it will be interesting to see because the Big Ten, I mean, that's a competitive conference. So it's nice to see him going uh, somewhere where he can compete with uh, high ranked, highly ranked teams. Yeah, the new coaching staff at Maryland uh, with Loxley, it, they've been doing really good in the 2021 class, actually 13th ranked nationally. But why don't we get a little bit on topic and talk about the conference we've been talking, we we were going to talk about today, which is, what we'll, we'll, we'll start with the Pac-12. Yeah, for me, um, my top teams, which I believe we're going to say is, I have most, basically the top four happens to be Oregon, Stanford, USC and Arizona State with Oregon winning the Pac-12 North and USC winning the Pac-12 South. And I have Oregon because that stellar defense there is just going to carry Oregon and the Pac-12 is not one of the best conferences. Although they do have to play Ohio State, 
I think they'll win out in the Pac-12 and go undefeated in the Pac-12 and at USC because uh, Keldon, I think Slovis is what his name is, something like that. He's, he's going to be a Heisman contender in my opinion, and he's been listed as a top 10 Heisman contender this year, and I think he's going to be the best quarterback in this entire conference and lead USC to uh, Pac-12 South Championship. Henry, I agree with you with Oregon. I believe they're going to be good as pretty much always. And I have them, even though they're playing against Ohio State, I've been losing that game. But other than that, I see them winning every game in the Pac-12 conference. But So that's my winner for the North. But also who I have doing well in the North is Washington and Cal. But let's move to the South. I have Utah actually uh, winning the South. And then I have Arizona State doing well, as well as UCLA. So I kind of want to see what Chip Kelly does with them, and I think it will be some good stuff. So that will be interesting because these past couple years haven't been amazing for him. But I think he can turn it around this year. He has the right roster to do it, and I think it will happen. Yeah, Elliot, before you go, I want to mention something real quick. I also – I. Also did have UCLA doing good. I am eight and four, and also Cal eight and four. But Andrew, I have a quick question for you. Um, even though Utah did lose their quarterback, why, or they did lose their quarterback, is do you have a specific reason why you do believe that Utah will win the Pac-12 South? Strictly because of their defense, and I know they lost a couple pieces, but I think that defense is really there. And I don't think there are many defenses that are better than Utah's in the Pac-12. Maybe Oregon and I think Washington's, but besides that, I think their defense is mostly there. Yeah, the Pac-12 conference is very interesting in my opinion. And I know a lot of people think it's very underlooked. I I disagree. I don't think it's – I don't – I think it could be not even a top five conference, (coughs) excuse me, in the – in college football because there's it's really just a dogfight for like placement really i don't think any team is really competing to get it in the uh a playoff but i do have the same teams with like same teams competing in stanford oregon um arizona state and utah but i do see washington state actually being a little bit of a surprising team in that Pac-12 North, kind of competing with Stanford. But I do have Stanford winning the North. And the South, I have Arizona State because they did lose uh, Brandon Ayuk and Eno Benjamin to the draft. But I I don't think they lost so many pieces. I do believe that they didn't. And I, I could see them being a competitive team in that uh, Pac-12 South. Yeah, I so- actually do have them winning. The Pac-12 South. Wow. But who do you guys have uh, going to the conference championship? Yeah, I do have Oregon 11-1, and 9-0 in conference, winning the Pac-12 North, as I mentioned before, and USC 10-2, 8-1 conference with losses to, I believe, Oregon and Alabama in the non-conference. And overall, I do have Oregon as my Pac-12 champion because I think that defense le- – that defense is very stellar, and that offense, led by their left tackle Panay Sewell, I think he's just going to be a a just a very solid piece on that offense, along with C.J. Verdell, who is a top ten running back in college football, and will lead Oregon to a Pac-12 championship. 
Yeah, Henry, I have to agree with you. I have Oregon going to the conference championship, uh, being undefeated in conference play with their only loss in the season being to Ohio State. So they finished 11-1. And I also have Utah finishing 11-1, but uh, getting taking a loss in conference play. But so Utah and Oregon conference championship, I have Oregon winning this match, and I have Oregon going to win the Pac-12 conference. And I think that's strictly because of their defense. It's going to be the best in the conference. And as you said, Verdell, he's going to be one of the best running backs in college football. So it would be great to see that. Yeah, I do not have Oregon in the conference championship. I actually have Stanford coming out of that north North division. Going against Arizona State, as I mentioned, I do have Arizona State strictly because they didn't lose so many pieces on that offense. And I, I've actually seen them play. I've seen them play a couple of times because I'm actually a big fan of theirs. Uh, more basketball, not not trying to tr- switch the subject, but it's just, you know, watching watching Pac-12 football at night here in the East Coast, or e- in the Eastern time zone. But I actually like Arizona State, or from last year I did, and I believe they didn't lose, lose so many pieces, and I have them winning the conference championship going 11-2. and two. So, Elliot, that is a very interesting pick to me, where you did have, I believe, Arizona State winning the conference but I do agree in a lot of aspects because they're because of their had a young quarterback last year, and I think they're only going to get better. But who do you guys have as some of your sleeper team? Because this conference is wide open, in my opinion. I think anybody could win it. Yeah, I have as sleeper teams. I think Cal could be a good sleeper team. Uh, Stanford and possibly USC. And this is probably my favorite here. I'm going to say and UCLA. I think UCLA, they, they might not have the best defense, but I think their offense is very solid. And I think Chip Kelly is an offensive-minded coach, and I think they're going to pull some strings together there, and I think great things will happen there. I'm not going to say they're going to win the division or anything, but I think you should expect a bowl season from UCLA. Yeah, Andrew, I would definitely have to agree with your pick in UCLA and as well as Cal. I wouldn't say Stanford's a sleeper because they're kind of a perennial good team. I also have as another sleeper. I don't have them doing very well, but I still think they are a sleeper in Washington. They did lose their quarterback, but Washington's been good. And they lost their head coach. So that's why I think they're going to have a good, not-so-great season. But I still think that program could still be very good. Yeah, my sleeper is very interesting. I actually have Washington State going on about nine and three in the North. They're in conference play six and three. I don't know if you guys have it like that, but in my opinion, it's a it's kind of a sleeper team because they've they've been good in previous years. Just I could definitely see them being in maybe a Cotton Bowl if they really pulled some strings together, as Andrew mentioned. But I don't think Cal's gonna have the best year. And I don't see them being such a great football program this year. I actually have them going three and nine this season. So I, I really don't have them being such a good team. Yeah, Elliot, what would you say your reasoning for having Washington State is that high is? Because they did lose their quarterback, and I'm and I'm a big believer in if you lose your quarterback, you're not going to be as good. In the case in it with teams that aren't usually loaded on the offensive and defensive side. But a quarterback is a big part of those of teams like that. And they did lose their quarterback, who was one of the most 
um, highly touted. I wouldn't say highly touted, but he he was a very up-tempo quarterback who threw the ball a lot. Yeah, Henry, like you mentioned, this Pac-12 is wide open. I could really see any team winning this winning this conference, to be honest. And that's that's the reason I have Washington State. I mean, they don't have the hardest schedule in the conference. And even though they did lose their quarterback, I'm a fan of that program at Washington State. And I think they could have a decent year. And I don't know if, like I mentioned before, if they're going to be Cotton Bowl, but I could definitely see them being like maybe a Fiesta Bowl. Yeah, and about Washington State, Mike Leach, am I right? I mean, <laughs> Mike Leach always has his team ready, so I like I like Mike Leach as a coach. But I think that's going to wrap it up for Pac-12, so let's get into it in the SEC. So, Henry, why don't you start off with your top teams in the SEC? Sorry, Andrew. Before we go to the SEC, let's, let's listen to a, a quick ad from Anchor. Thank you for listening to that advertisement from Anchor, but let's get right into the SEC, where I think we're, this is going to be a more interesting topic than the Pac-12. Would we agree, guys? I would agree for sure. It's definitely, in my opinion, the best conference in college football, and that's a big debate between a lot of college football fans. So what, do you, what are your guys' opinions on that? Do you think the SEC is the best conference in college football? Henry, I do believe the SEC is the best conference in football. And I know a lot of people might say, oh, the Big Ten. But when you look here, I mean, you have Alabama. Of course, LSU is going to be good, as always, recently. And then you have Georgia, who's normally good. And some teams that I think that will be good who might not have been that great last year. Maybe Auburn. Auburn was pretty good last year, but I think I expect them to be pretty good this year. I expect Texas A&M to be pretty good. Florida, Tennessee. I mean, I think the SEC might be might be the conference with the most depth. Yeah, Andrew, I would agree with you. I think it's obviously between the Big Ten, the SEC, and the Big Twelve. If we can all agree on that. But I do see the SEC being the deepest for sure. And I don't know about this year, but. I could definitely see a conference being more top-heavy this this year particularly, but I think this is the most deep. And let's let's just get right in. And Henry, who are your top? Let's let's do a top four from each division. Well, with my top four in the Pac or the Pac twelve SEC West, I do have at, in fourth place. This is probably a shocker. At seven and five and four and four in conference, I do have LSU. I think with all the losses that they had, they're just not going to be able to make up for it, and they're just going to struggle this year. At ten and two, I have probably my biggest sleeper in the entire Pac twelve or in the entire SEC, uh, Texas A and M at ten and two and six and two in conference. And in second, I have Auburn at ten and two and six and two in conference. And in first, I have Alabama. Uh, who at 11-1, 7-1 conference. And I do believe that B- Alabama will win this side of the conference because of the fact that Bryce Young is the best quarterback in that cor- Alabama quarterback room. And he is going to be one of the best quarterbacks in college football and lead Alabama to an 11-1 season. Now speaking in the East, I have Kentucky at 7-5 and and 4-4 and in conference. Tennessee at 9-3 and and 6-2 and in conference. Another one of my big sleepers. And second, I have Georgia at ten and two and six and two in conference, and I think they're gonna 
They could do. They could definitely be better because they have a solid defense. They're they're they have another good running back, and they have a top tier receiver in George Pickens, and as well as a new quarterback in Jamie Newman. So I think it'd be interesting to see how this Georgia team does. And in first place, the only undefeated team that I have in the SEC is actually Florida, led by Kyle Trask in that stellar defense at 12-0 and and 8-0 in conference. So my conference championship game would be Alabama versus Florida. Henry, I just have to ask you. I know you have Alabama winning uh, the west side of the conference, the west division. Who do you have being the starting quarterback week one? Because I know... Bryce Young is one of the best quarterbacks ever uh, in, like, uh, recruiting rankings history. And also there's Mac Jones. You saw him a little last year uh, when Tua got hurt. He did fairly well. So who do you think will be the starting quarterback week one for that Alabama Crimson Tide squad? I think week one it will be Mac Jones because of all the things – that we're dealing with with the coronavirus and Bryce Young isn't going to have enough practice time and Mac Jones has already played in games. But eventually, I think when when it starts to become deeper into SEC play, I think Bryce Young will become the starter. Yeah, that's fair to say, but I'll go right into my top team. So in the West, I have Texas A&M going 10-2, and 6-2 and in conference. I have them going at 3. And then Auburn... I've been finishing ten and two, and then seven and one in conference, and then to top the SEC West, at Alabama going undefeated, twelve and zero, and eight and zero in conference. And I know everyone's going to say, "Oh my God, they lost two, and no way." Well, there is a way. I'm telling you this right now. You look at this, and you're like, "Oh my God, they lost Henry Ruggs. They lost Jared Judy." Well, think about this: Devonta Smith last year. He went insane. They have him back this year. Jalen Waddle, which I think is a huge sleeper in that offense, that wide receiver right there. Jalen Waddle, watch out for him next year. And they have Najee, Najee Harris, I believe how you pronounce it. He's back in the backfield. That will be interesting to see. And then Matt Jones and or Bryce Young, both very great quarterbacks. So watch out for Alabama. And that's Andrew, let me, let me give my West really quick because mine's – Kind of similar to Henry's. I do have LSU going seven and five in the West, coming in fourth place, and going four and four in conference because they did lose fourteen players in the draft. I do believe, and obviously key player in uh, Joe Burrow, and then also Justin Jefferson, a big target. But I do have Texas A and M as a sleeper going ten and two, and then Auburn also going ten and two. But I do have Auburn in second because they are going seven and one in the conference, and then Alabama at eleven and one. I do think Mac Jones will start for the majority of the season, but I could even see Mac Jones replacing, uh, or sorry, Bryce Young replacing Mac Jones in maybe week eight because he'll actually have some practice with this whole coronavirus thing going on, and they did lose Jerry Judy. And they did lose a key part in that offensive line in Jedrick Wills and obviously Tua Tagovailoa. But I think that quarterback room is just fine. <coughs> Excuse me. And I and Najee Harris, I think, will have a tremendous year as long as Jalen as as well as Jalen Waddle. Yeah, Elliot. So I'm gonna go ahead and say my East right now, my SEC East. 
So coming in at fourth, I have the South Carolina Gamecocks at seven and five, and then four and four in conference. Then at three, a lot of you might see this as a surprise, but I have Georgia at three going eight and four. And I see them going 500 in conference play at four and four. And then number two, finishing ahead of them. I know they haven't had the past great years. They haven't really been that great since Joshua Dobbs left. But I have Tennessee making a comeback here. I have them going nine and three overall and then six and two in conference play. And then at number one, I have Kyle Trask and the Florida Gators going undefeated in the regular season, going 12-0 and then 8-0 and in conference play. So, and also I forgot to mention uh, my fourth team in the West. Sorry, guys, I missed that. And I have Mississippi State going 8-4. and four. So there you go, guys. I have Alabama and Florida, the top of the SEC in their respective divisions. Now, Elliot, what do you have in the East? Yeah, um, Andrew, I just want a brief explanation. Why do you have Georgia taking such a downfall from a fairly good season last year? Jake Fromm and DeAndre Swift departed. And that's that's mostly it. I think they lost uh, the meat of their offense. And I see just Tennessee being a better football team offensively this year. And I think that's going to be huge. Georgia, I think, will have a better defense. But I think when it comes to -to head-to-head, I think Tennessee will get that done against Georgia. Yeah, I mean, I saw Jamie Newman being as good. I think he'll be a perfect replacement for uh, for Jake Fromm. But I'll go ahead and give my Eastern top four. And I have Kentucky actually going eight and four in the conference, or eight and four overall, having a pretty easy schedule, if I remember. And then Tennessee. I'm I'm high on them as well. I have them going nine and three, and I think a lot of it is because they do have what the second biggest stadium in the college football behind the big house. Yeah, they they have a great home crowd. I just have to say that about Tennessee. Yeah, I I saw a stat. It was from I think 2017 when they when they maybe went two and ten, and I think they had the most people at the game. <laughs> most people at the games, at their home games. And that's that's just crazy to me because they have such good uh, fans. But I have Florida going ten and two, finishing second, and then I have Georgia going ten and two, finishing finishing first. And Georgia, I I as I mentioned, I do see Jamie Newman being a big part in that offense, and I think he'll actually be a good replacement for Jake Fromm. So I don't have them taking as big as a downfall as you do, Andrew. Yeah, and with that, I think we should move on here to who our conference winners are. And I do have Florida at 12-0 and and Alabama at 11-1 in that conference championship game where I do have Alabama as the conference champion because I think Alabama's more experienced in that game. They're, they've played, they've had, they're going to have a lot of guys who just know what big games are like in Florida is still, in my opinion, not all the way back. I think they still could possibly make the playoff, but that's for another episode. But I do have Alabama at finishing 12-1 and and winning the SEC. Yeah, so Henry, I have the battle of the unbeatens in the conference championship. I have Alabama and Florida. And this will most likely be, I believe, a top three matchup in the country. So this will be interesting to see. But overall, I have Alabama, Nick Saban, and 
that amazing offense going to be SEC conference champs. So that's who I have. I know Florida, Kyle Trask, which is a huge, one of the top Heisman contenders in the country. But overall, I think Alabama's just a more well-rounded team. So I think Alabama takes home the SEC conference championship. Yeah, representing the West in the SEC Conference Championship, I do have Alabama at 11-1. and one, And in the East, I have Georgia at 10-2. And two. and I I honestly think this will be a blowout. I don't think this will be a close game, strictly because experience, as Henry, and I think Andrew, you mentioned earlier, too. And I have Alabama winning the conference, going 12-1 and one overall. And I'm stay tuned for a future episode of who we have making the college football playoff. Yeah, with that, I would want to say our have our do our last discussion of today's podcast. And who do you guys have as your sleepers for this year's SEC? Yeah, Henry, for sleepers, Texas A&M, I believe. Texas A&M going 10 and 2 and then 6 and 2 in conference. I think watch out for them. Mississippi State, I expect to do well. Also, uh, Tennessee, because I know, I guess I consider them being a sleeper because they didn't do so well last year and the year before that. So I just say, I'm just saying, watch out for them next year. I think Tennessee will be a solid football team there. But I just want to say one thing, and I know you guys might not agree with this, but I actually have LSU taking a huge downfall. I have them going 6-6, six and six, still making a bowl game but not nearly as good as the undefeated season they had last season. So 6-6 six and six LSU. I just think that's strictly because they lost basically every key player to their offense and defense besides Jamar Chase. So that's, that's all I'm saying. LSU, I don't think they will be as good as they were last year or nearly as good, but still making a bowl game. Yeah, I have, uh, as my sleeper, actually Kentucky doing fairly well, going 8-4. and four. And that's strictly because strength of schedule. I don't see them I don't see them losing a game until conference play, which is a good sign for this Kentucky team. And then yeah, as you mentioned, LSU, I don't know if Edward do you think Ed Ordron is kind of overhyped as a coach, or do you think he's actually the real deal as a coach? All I have to say to that is go Tigers. Yeah, uh, according to Andrew, I would also like to say one thing. Go Tigers. That's all I have. Yeah, his famous saying. But in all honesty, I them losing 12 players is kind of crazy. Or 14, sorry, to the draft. And losing plenty of key pieces to the offense and defense. I see them going 7-5. and five, And that's just crazy from going 12-0 and 0 to 7-5. and five. Yeah, for me, my sleepers are just... Basically, all of your guys' sleepers, to be honest. I have Texas A&M, 10-2, 6-2 in conference. As you guys mentioned, Tennessee. Andrew did say that Tennessee was a bad team last year, but they actually did. They went, they finished 8-5, and five, then went 7-5 in, in the regular season and won their bowl game. So I think we're undervaluing actually how good they were last year. I also have Kentucky because they're getting their quarterback back this year all because they did have their wide receiver playing quarterback all year last year. I think that's a big, big thing when they're returning their quarterback. So those are my sleepers for the 2020 SEC season. Henry, do you have any teams that you could see taking a big downfall maybe besides LSU? Yeah, I would also I would also 
I don't know if there's anybody else with a big downfall besides LSU because all these teams are kind of they not a lot of these teams lost a lot of pieces other than really LSU and Alabama and Georgia, but those are kind of the better teams. And I but I think LSU would be the only team who won't be able to make up for it. Yeah, but guys, if I'm not mistaken, I think that's going to wrap up the SEC conference. So I just want to thank all you listeners for listening to our podcast. We just uh, really appreciate every single one of you guys. And make sure to listen to us on all of our streaming apps. Uh, I mean, you can catch us, our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and more. So we just want to thank all of you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time. No, no, before before we go, I just want to say, like, like, write, write a review on Apple, subscribe, and favorite our podcast on Anchor. That would really mean a lot to us. And any, any last words, guys? I would also like to say, once again, happy birthday to Elliot. And we'll see you guys next time on the Last Leg Sports Podcast.